Hello, everyone. It is Ryan here, host of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Now, this is a podcast where I get to have conversations with some amazing people from all over the world who have stories to share, experiences we can learn from, and knowledge in areas that we can use and apply to our lives to make us better and happier people. Now, each episode has a different topic, but all geared towards helping us along our own pursuit of happiness and helping us understand this journey we call life just a little better. We'll touch on everything from mental health to nutrition, diet, fitness, travel, adventure, relationships, and believe me, much, much more. All along this journey, I'll experiment and apply some of the advice and information from my conversations to see how it affects me along my own pursuit of happiness, and then report back to you. Now, don't forget, if you enjoy this episode or any other episode, please take a moment, subscribe, leave me a rating and a review. It is truly, truly appreciated while also helping get these great conversations to even more listeners. On this episode, I welcome Laura Montel, the owner and founder of West Street Dog Bar, right down the road from me here in Raleigh, North Carolina. In August of 2021, I saw a social media post about a brand new dog bar business here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I said, hold on, I need to go find out who did this because this is something I would love to do. I would love to own a business just like this. So I reached out to Laura and she happily accepted my invitation to talk about how she created the business of West Street Dog Bar. I then found out she is the owner and founder of Sweet Paws, a dog grooming and boarding business located in a few cities across the country. So as you can tell, Laura brings some really, really solid information to this episode about creating and starting a business. I'm sure many of you listeners have thought about doing something just like this. So listen to this episode. You'll get some great tips and great advice for doing so. Now, in my opinion, Laura did this right. She created a business that revolves around dogs and other animals. You can't get any better than that. But as you can imagine, there's a lot of logistics creating a business around pets. So we get into how she created such a safe, secure, and healthy environment for pets and people. So Laura, thank you so much once again for joining me on this episode, and thank you for laying out the path and how to create a business based around pets. Maybe one of these days, I will follow in your footsteps. Until then, here is Laura Montel. So Laura Montel, thank you very much for joining my podcast today. This is an exciting one for me. As I've had interest in doing what you're doing in the past, I just never knew how to do that. Being a dog bar owner. That is so <laughs> cool. How does that sound to say that? Uh, I think, guess it sounds fun and good. You know, still a business owner. So it comes with all of the Yeah. The I'm stresses, ex- but there, there's the extra fun part of definitely being able to hang out with dogs. Exactly. That's got to make your day a lot better. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to hear like all the intricacies of what it takes to be an owner and let alone with a place with like this sort of alcohol, let alone with a place that has animals. There's just like layer right. on top of layer on top of layer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I ran into your Instagram account as I live in the same area as you have your business in Raleigh, North Carolina. 
And uh, I said, immediately I said to myself, I got to reach out to the owners because this is a really cool idea. I know I've kind of like seen this before in like different areas and different cities, but at the same time, a business that just opened up, this is somebody that is pursuing their goals and pursuing their dreams. And the whole dog aspect makes it pretty damn cool. So I reached out to you, you accepted. Thank you very much. And it's always cool to connect with somebody who's in the area as well. And there is no question I'll be bringing my pups to your <laughs> place. So we will meet in person very soon. So yeah, so tell me a little more about yourself real quick before we get into the business. Where are you from? Where are you born and raised? Um, so mostly I was, I grew up in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, I moved around a little bit and then I lived out in Los Angeles for about 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, I actually went to LA to be a sound engineer. So I worked out there for Sony Pictures for eight oh, of those sweet. 10 years. Oh, well, that's yeah. cool. Well, any, any big projects? Uh, I worked in post-production, uh, mainly on DVDs, stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. So, well, that's really cool. Um, so it was great. Great job. Um, uh, 10 years in LA is about enough. Yeah, it <laughs> so, is. I imagine. Uh, so uh, I was kind of getting tired of LA. Um, I could have stayed with Sony, but uh, it was either Germany or New York. So really didn't want to go to either one of those places either. Um, so I thought, what else do I want to do with my life? And I just thought, uh, I've always uh, loved dogs, any kind of animal, really. Um, I volunteered out in Los Angeles for South, South Central LA shelter which you can imagine was a little rough, Yeah. Uh, but uh, I loved it. I did it in all my spare time. Uh, I decided dogs was the way to go. And um, so I did a lot of rescue work out there. And then I decided, well, let's move out of LA back to the East coast um, and start like a dog boarding business. So we actually started um, Sweet Paws Pet Resort in Raleigh um, back in 2008. And I've opened three of those. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I own Raleigh. We have one in Cincinnati. Um, that's with some family members. We opened that a few years ago. Okay. Um, and then we were looking, so the one in Raleigh is about 15 minutes from downtown, not even 10, 12, 15. Um, but we did notice how fast downtown Raleigh was growing and Mm -hmm. we thought there was a need uh, for boarding, especially daycare down here. Um, so we've been looking for a couple of years for space. Um, the more we thought about downtown, the more we thought, how cool would it be to add another concept to it? Because what I was used to is boarding, daycare, grooming. That's my business I've been doing for a while. So um, my partners and I, yeah, we said, well, we're right in the middle of it here. So let's let's add it. And we, we'd heard about uh, the places in Atlanta and Charlotte. There's a few. Checked a couple of those out and um, thought it was a good concept. So the one thing I do know really well is dogs. Um, and then obviously I like my, my beer at the end of the day, but, um, but yeah, combining the two, um, we got a great bar manager since that's kind of my lacking of experience is the bar side of thing. Uh, but he's great. He's, you know, we're doing that pretty well. And we opened it about a month ago. This is super cool. Yeah. This is super cool. I got so many questions. My first question (laughs) to you is why Raleigh of all the cities and obviously, it is a very popular choice right now. Raleigh, a lot of people are moving here. So obviously it's a great choice, but how did you settle on Raleigh? So when I was look, uh, looking to move out of Los Angeles, uh, my brother, who was also a partner, 
um, he lived in Raleigh. So he had lived here for about three or four years at the time. So that was back when we first started talking about Sweet Paws. Um, that was probably 2005. Okay. So we moved, uh, so it took a few years to get that going. I moved here in 2008, okay. which is probably not the best year to open a new business at <laughs> the end of 2008. <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough year. That that's a tough one. That's how strong the pet business is. Right? That's, that's very true. I mean, yeah, because um, since the whole pandemic, you know, like I'm, I own Chewy stock and I started mm-hmm. to buy more and more Chewy stock and it's oh, like yeah. been going up and up because everyone's at home and they get their pets and they get everything delivered. They don't want to go to the stores anymore. So mm-hmm. it's, it is a uh, growing business and rightfully so we love our pets. Yeah, oh, definitely. So, um, so that's why we chose Raleigh. I actually originally was thinking about Charleston, South Carolina, because I'm from Hilton Head. You're right. Um, right. So I was a little more closer to what I knew. Um, but my brother kind of talked me into Raleigh way back when and said, you know, the city's growing rapidly. I think it's a good city to do it. The real estate's not crazy yet. Again, back yeah. in 2006. Yeah, yeah, it is now. <laughs> and, uh, so we actually bought some land and, um, built the building for Sweet Paws, our original place. And um, yeah, it's been kicking since then. Like I said, we have three now. So um, so Raleigh was a good choice ultimately. And then, you know, I've fallen, fallen in love with the city since we moved here. Of course, I wasn't sure what to expect because I had never lived here before. I just went on his word. Right. That, okay, we're moving to Raleigh. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so obviously years later, um, love the city. Can't imagine living anywhere else. Um, and we really love, uh, I, I don't live far from downtown, just a couple, like two miles. So we okay. always love coming down here and that's kind of our area we hang out in. So we were pretty excited about being able to do it down here. Yeah. yeah you and me both. I moved here in 2009. That was, uh, yeah, a really good time. I mean, anytime in the early 2000s or even the nineties, was a great time to move here because it's just boomed since and it's still growing. It's crazy. It's right. always like, Raleigh and Austin are like the two cities I constantly see like ranking the top two or three that, that are just growing like crazy. And mm-hmm. it's a good time, good time to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm curious there. That's for sure. For sure. And now I'm, I'm curious to know that is Raleigh a dog friendly city compared to other cities that you've been to or visited? I would say, yes, I would say it's pretty friendly. Um, I always liked how, I mean, I've, there's so many breweries now and stuff and that's a huge dog magnet yeah Um, there i i've brought i've had many dogs and i have many now (laughs) but uh what do you have what kind of dogs you got i know people uh, are listening to this like what does she have uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right now i have three um i have a pit bull i have a uh i get them all from the shelter so um and i have uh uh we thought she was like a border collie mix, but come to find out with the DNA, she's got like chow and German shepherd and all these things. So, um, and then I have, um, I did all their DNA. So I actually know this. Um, and my other one who's a little nutty, uh, he is half hundred percent Siberian. Oh, not Siberian. I'm sorry. American Eskimo. Okay. The other half is like 10 things. So, but we we joke around. Uh, oh, I guess one of them got loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. My girlfriend just did a DNA test on her dog after nine years, finally. And uh, yeah, we, we made the same joke. Um, he's like 48% Siberian Husky and 
yeah like the rest is like six or seven other things yeah <laughs> but you can tell Maybe he's I a husky <laughs> what uh um, what 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 company did you use for for that oh uh what's it called embark okay is that one of the more popular ones i guess yeah i think so it, it was kind of i didn't know what to expect but it was kind of fun where um they link you i think they probably all do it but they link you with the relatives like other people have put the dna in yeah. So my one dog, all of his relatives that have been linked have been like all American Eskimo, <laughs> like all of his girlfriends. And they're like, probably like, who's that guy? <laughs> Ancestry.com or 23andMe for pets. That's super cool. I know, it definitely is. <laughs> <It's pretty funny. laughs> have you reached out to like any of the owners of, of those dogs? Um, I did once when I first did it because I was all excited about it. And then they were like, okay, who are you? Go away. Yeah, you're weird. <laughs> yeah, you're weird. <laughs> Lady. <laughs> it's funny though that is funny hey let's let's have the siblings meet up no that is, yeah, that exactly. is funny i love it yeah. but uh yeah so back to the business okay so you have sweet paws that's opened let's kind of dive into more of what made you want to create the whole dog bar experience and then we're going to talk about the steps and the hoops that you had to go through to make that happen um, so what made me want to do it is I just, um, you know, I always try to think, is this something that I would use or I would want to go to? Um, and if the answer is yes, then why not? You know, so, um, I do know, like I've been to a lot of dog parks around the city, which is great. That's one thing about Raleigh. Like there's a ton of dog parks, dog going back to dog friendly city. I think it, it is very dog friendly. Um, so you got your dog park and then you've got like your brewery setting. So why not combine it? Um, I know that one annoyance with a lot of people at dog parks is, um, I mean, I hate to say it, but anybody can show up. So people will come in with unneutered males and they might get in a little mm -hmm. scuffle or you don't know if they have their vaccine. So if there is an issue, you know, so I think it's always on people's minds in those situations. Um, so that always, it, I know it is on mine sometimes. So I'm like, why not create a space where we know every dog in here is vaccinated? We know every dog is fixed if they're not a puppy. Um, you know, we know these things walking into the situation. And I've had people like thank me for that since we've been open. Um, yeah, that's so, a that's a great that's a great tool. How do you know this ahead of time? What's your process? So every dog that comes into the off leash area, it has to be a member. Okay. So we created an app. I've actually been creating this app for about three years. So it's finally doing its job. So there's still come some quirks with it, but, but so far so good. Um, so we, they, we have an app, you download the app, um, you put in your information, your basic information, your dog's information, and then we can look at the vaccination records. So that okay. all goes into the app. And um, once that's done, then you can go in and pay for the membership. So we do have a membership fee um so it's either daily or monthly and um and then you know what that pays for is you know obviously use of the space us to our time to get all that stuff together and we have an uh, employee that hangs out in the park at all times so if there's any issues they can kind of step in try to see what's going on and maybe resolve it okay now let's just say i wanted to show up on this saturday and bring my couple dogs with me can I do that? If, if so, like what's the process or if not, like I have to do all this stuff ahead of time. 
Yeah, so you can do it while you're standing there. It doesn't take very long. Um, we try to tell people to do it ahead of time. You probably save yourself five minutes, you know, okay. um, by okay. doing it ahead of time. And we can look at your records before you come in. But there's still plenty of people that just stop in. Um, and, and even people that stop in and don't realize what we need, um, they can usually find it in their phone, like the vaccine records, like find it in their email. Mm -hmm. So 95% of the time, we can still get them all signed up and ready to go in within five, 10 minutes. Okay. Um, we do have a front part of our bar that's leashed only. So that front area where you walk into, anyone can walk in. Nobody has to be a member. Like think back of brewery rules, like as long as your dog's being good, then they're on the leash. We don't care. Okay. Um, they can still hang out. You can hit, there's a bar there too. So um, you can get a drink, you can hang out and you can actually see into the off-leash area. So if you just want to kind of see what's going on, you can sit there and do that. Um, without having to do anything um, and then but the off-leash area we got to know who they are okay now I'm going to ask a, a forward-thinking question we'll go back how the hell has business been for you so far the first month <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not been bad I mean for first like yeah it's been not even five weeks I don't think since we opened um, we kind of quietly opened I wasn't trying to make a big fuss right out the gate because I wanted to make sure our app worked and you know, you really don't know until you start using it, right? Yeah. So, um, and just like the employees were where they needed to be training-wise. So um, so I kind of did a real quiet opening. Um, we've really only been telling people for about three weeks that we're open, open. Um, and even then, I haven't, I haven't done a whole lot. Um, so we're just kind of like seeing how it goes. Um, but I mean, with, with not trying that hard, it's been pretty good. Um, and so we're, we're kind of slowly opening our daycare boarding too. So we also have that on top of the, the dog bar. So uh, right now we're doing daycare four days a week and then we'll start boarding at the end of the month. That's awesome. That's huge. Yeah. I found of your business, I believe, because it was published in the local like newspaper online. Right. Yeah. I think it was one of those. So they did a good job of marketing for you. If you didn't have to like pay for it. Oh, yeah. It's been nice. For sure. That's wonderful. I haven't had to do a whole lot. Huh? That's awesome. Yeah. See, like this, this podcast is going to cover a few angles and one of them is kind of being a business owner, how you start a business. I'm really interested mm -hmm. in, in learning that. And uh, so you said you created an app, which is wonderful. There's probably a lot of businesses that need to do that or are going to try to do that. What was the process of creating an app? So I actually, um, my partners, my brother's partner, we have some other partners too, but my brother and I reached out to, um, uh, one of his friend of a friend was starting an app company um, about three years ago. And we reached out to them to get an app developed for Sweet Paws for our boarding and daycare facility. Um, and then, you know, COVID didn't, everything's COVID now, right? Um, so it kind of got pushed to the back burner for a little while. They were still developing it and asking me what I want on it and all of that. Um, but we paid them to do that about three years ago. But in the meantime, uh, they actually developed enough and started selling it to other companies, like other uh, pet companies in the Atlanta area where they're from. Um, so they've actually been using it actively um, for a couple of years. So then I just got back on the ball basically when we knew we were going to open up West Street um, and really put a lot of hours into trying to get them to make it exactly how I wanted it. <laughs> So, um, so they did, um, cause they, they definitely, it, it worked out really well cause they appreciated me, um, having them start this app 
because it's actually helped them on the back end to like getting other customers because originally it was just meant to hmm. be for us. So, um, so they've gotten more work out of it and that's great for everybody. So, um, so yeah, came, so, but it took through about three years. What came first, the website build or the app build? Um, well, for right, West Street, the app came, the app was in development first. The website, yeah. uh, I, the same woman I used for the Sweet Paw stuff, she did our website for West Street. So. Okay. And do you know, is she like a programmer or does she use some kind of a platform? Uh, yeah, I believe she uses WordPress. Okay. Um, and um, she is more of a graphic designer than, so she's kind of somebody who does it from her house. Um, I've been using her at our other place for, I don't know, about four or five years. Oh, wow. So, nice. So she's done a pretty nice job for me so far. That's excellent. So it's good to have people like that. You don't always have to go to like some big company and pay five times the rate. If you've got somebody who can sit at home and they're doing a good job and they prove it, then um, keep hiring them, you know? I second that. So I do graphic design and branding for yeah. my career too. So yeah, <laughs> I will second that. <laughs> I love, yeah, I, I, I like to, um, cause I know what it's like to be a, a business owner and I, I consider myself a small business owner. Um, so I like to bring in other small businesses and whenever I can to help me when I need things. That's wonderful. Especially like when it's local too, you help out to local small business right. owners. Yeah, that's great. And during the time of pandemic, you know, we could all use a little extra cash. So no, that's really mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, okay. So your website was built second. I want to get back to the app real quick. Is that super labor intensive? Does that cost a lot? You don't need to get into exact costs, but I, to me, I feel like that would be my biggest fear is that it would cost a bunch of money to create an app. Oh, like what we paid them to start it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't cheap. Um, But uh, I mean, I think overall, if we get it to exactly where we want it, um, I think it'd be worth every penny. But it is a big upfront cost. Yeah. Um, But the intention is to use it at my other businesses too. So I'm kind of using West Street as a guinea pig per se to make get it exactly where I want it. And then, uh, and then I'll flip it over on my other businesses. I think in the long run, it's, it's well worth it. Um, We've used other programs, like we use this other program at uh, Sweet Paws um, and I like them. I, you know, but it's just not exactly where everything I want it to be. So, and that's what my brother and I uh, discussed years ago, where I was like, I wish they would just tweak it. My brother's like, well, if, if you can't find it, then create it. I mean, that's just kind of how we're, that's how he is. So can't find it, create it, let's figure it out. You know, so he's been a good partner. (laughs) No, I love it. Yeah. I'm obviously the same way, super creative by nature. So I think that's amazing. When you start this business idea, you're coming up with the app. What is next in the line of all the things you have to do? Uh, I'll specifically talk about West street because I know, because I, I go back and forth between the two, but I mean, honestly, opening three other ones with sweet paws that was if i talk about the first sweet paws you want to talk about opening a business in general um that was one of the hardest years of my life um it is not easy um it's very stressful you're dealing with a lot of money um i mean it kind of just depends on what how much you want to spend you know like do you want to buy do you want to lease We've found a lot of people lease and that's fine. It depends on what you're offering, how, how many employees do you think you're going to have, insurance, um, again, the bank, um, 
investors? Are you going to get any investors? Which most of the time, yes, you're going to have to get some. Um, what the expectations are there? That's a lot of pre-work um, that you kind of have to kind of go through and figure it out. But so the more I do, the easier it is. Um, but, you know, your contractors hiring on these bigger scales, dealing with the city. Um, in this particular space here, we have an HOA involved because we bought the space in the bigger building. It's a residential building. Um, so that's, a, that's a, a part of it that I've never dealt with before. <laughs> so that's been interesting. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, uh, I mean, in our, my first time opening a business in 2008, uh, it was a lot of flying blind. You know, you're kind of just trying to figure it out and hope you don't miss anything. Um, now I could tell everybody exactly what to do, when to do it. But, um, but, but one thing on this new one with West Street is uh, I did not have a lot of experience with like the ABC license, for example, like the bar stuff. Um, so in that case, we actually hired someone to come in and help me figure that out. Like, what am I, I don't want to miss, I don't want to mess that up. Right. You don't want to mess sure. up the ABC license. So, um, so, so sometimes it's good to just hire someone who knows what they're doing and, and get them in here and hold your hand for a little bit. So you could do that too. So what's the biggest lesson or two that you learned from opening Sweet Paws into opening West Street? So biggest lesson for Sweet Paws, um, I think I was just kind of naive at first uh, going into it with the way, I don't know how to put it, like the way the world works. <laughs> you know, I came from as a sound engineer, I worked by myself. It, I was responsible for everything I did and that was basically it. So um, coming into a business where you have all these moving parts, you're trying to build a building and, and deal with a lot of different things and get everything ready for the company and all that. Um, I think, I think in the beginning, the first probably four months, I was kind of a doormat in a way. And I think people took advantage of it a little bit. Um, and then I kind of woke up and then things changed drastically. <laughs> so, uh, meaning like they saw a young woman coming in to a construction site who it's their first time. And I think they thought, oh, well, we can kind of pull some stuff over on her. Mm. Um, and then when I finally got a clue, wait, hold on a second. Um, it, it changed fast after that. So I, you kind of have to stand up for yourself, um, in situations, especially when you don't, you're not hundred percent confident in what you're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. It's like, uh, going to like shop for a car when you don't know yeah. anything about a car. Yeah. It's, it's tough to look and feel confident when doing that. Um, at what point, like what happened when, when you found out that like they were kind of taking advantage of you and said, that's, that's enough. Oh, I mean, I just confronted them head on and said, no, this isn't going to go anymore. I think something had come up and I still like these people. It's not, it's just business. I think that, you know, somebody will take advantage of you. I think half of them will, but, or they can half of them will. Um, uh, we're, it was, I think we were in a meeting and it was one of those things where, oh, you're going to have to pay extra for X, Y, Z. And, uh, and the week before, I, oh, okay. Mm. All right. Sure. Yeah. If that's what you think. And then I finally said, you know what? No, I don't. Nope. That was your fault. You're going to pay for it. 
and we're not talking five dollars we're talking thirty thousand dollars you know so i'm just no 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 think about this no nope and uh and they kind of all paused and went "Uh oh (laughs) she figured it out laura yeah (laughs) laura showed up the real laura stood up yeah, oh, but I mean, it was kind of empowering at the same time because I'm like, I don't know how they're going to react. You know, this is way a long time ago, um, but uh, but my gut was right, and um, mm-hmm. and they went, oh well, let's look back into that and we'll figure it out. And then lo and behold, oh look at that, you don't have to pay that extra money. So stuff like that, um, you learn as you go. But I think once you figure it out and you know how to handle, um, you know, handle stuff like that or what to do. I, you know, and, and with that said, I, I try to create really long, long, good relationships with everyone I work with, too. So I'm not going in like make enemies, but I also don't want to be, uh, you know, taken advantage of. So that's something that I think anybody going into a new business should really put in the front of their mind. Yeah, for sure. No, that's really good advice. And that is advice that people hope listen to and, and take when they are starting a new business, because it is somewhat of a scary time. I can imagine how nerve wracking I'd be sitting in that room with 30 grand. It would take me a while to get over the shock of that, let alone to say, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the, yeah, I don't think somebody just came out from a pure reaction, like 30 grand yeah. the hell out of here. <laughs> but I mean, I will say I've, uh, after the first project, I didn't do so great, but the last three, uh, I am a woman who can save money. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I mean, I <laughs> that's great. That's a good business owner. Know how to spend and when to spend. Yep. That's, a, that's a very important tip as well. Now we're talking like big money here. You just said 30 grand. I know about probably about five minutes ago, you said something about investors. How do you get investors? What's that process like? Um, so our first company, my brother actually found a couple of investors and friends of his. Um, some guys he worked with. Um, so they invested, uh, kind of blindly invested in us. They believed in us. It was, it was great. <laughs> um, so they did, they gave us a large chunk to start enough where we could all put in our money and then get the loan from the bank. Cause the bank, um, you know, you have to have a certain amount in cash, like you're buying a house, um, in, in order for them to, um, fund a loan for you. So, I mean, sweet pause, I can't even remember now. I think at the end of the day, which when we, like I said, we bought the land, we built the building, that's 20,000 square foot building. Mm. Um, and, you know, we're probably looking at three and a half million dollars. So, um, so that's a lot of money, obviously, especially back then. Um, so it, as long as you, you do it all right and you do your finances and you figure out where all this money's going and what you think you're going to make, um, can you, are you going to make the money back? Are you going to be able to pay the, the bank loan and all that? Um, then, you know, it's, it's not so scary of a number. I'm scared. Just thinking about that. <laughs> I can't imagine being a debt for that much. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You're like, you're, you know, the joke of, you know, giving them your unborn child, you know, yeah. <laughs> It's such an exciting time, but so nerve wracking at the same time, like this better work or, or yeah. else, and, but. And I mean, each project has been a lot of money like that. Um, but as you go, as you grow and, you know, if you can buy instead of lease, I mean, that's a big if, because it's obviously it's a lot more money to buy something. You have a nice collateral there. Um, 
So it's easier for the banks to get behind it. Mm. Um, it especially post COVID or I don't even know if it's post COVID yet, but COVID. <laughs> um, but um, you have, yeah, you have that collateral. So like if the sky did fall, for example, you hope that you have enough where the worst case scenario, they're just going to take the building and the land and you just don't have a job. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's, the hope. that's the hope that that's what they'll, you know, that's the worst case. And then when you build more, um, you'll use that collateral to build another one. So you're kind of like building it on top of each other. But again, if you can buy instead of lease, um, you've got something like solid that um, is worth something. Um, so there's a worth of, of what you buy, the land, the building, whatever it is. And then there's a worth of how your business is run. So there's two worths there. Yeah, for sure. And now you said you bought the West Street dog bar, correct? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, so that's located right in downtown Raleigh. Yeah. How in the world, right? People who are listening to this are like, how did she find a space in a downtown city that's growing? How did that happen? Well, um, so going back to our original investor, one of them, so he ended up uh, investing in the Durham Sweet Paws as well. So he, we actually tra- uh, franchised that out. And him and another partner uh, opened that. And uh, so he's actually stayed in our lives. We bought him out of our first place in Raleigh, um, but he stayed in our lives and he's in, he's invested with us on West Street. So we've kind of kept some of the same guys around. Um, so that's obviously someone you already know. Um, we have a working relationship for many years. Um, we know if we're talking about it, we have intentions that we most likely are going to do it and follow through. So, I mean, that would be another, you know, a bonus if you have someone that you know they they can actually invest, um, you know, how they're going to be to work with um, and that everyone's serious and it's not just going to, you know, fiddle around for years and not not show anything. So he is definitely one of those people where he, if he says he wants to do it, he'll do it. So, um, so that's good. That's, Part of the reason we're able to do West Street um, is to partner with them again. So we have a few partners here. Um, another guy who's a local real estate lawyer, and uh, he found the property for us. So um, he knew we were looking for properties in downtown area. And he uh, actually, I guess he worked on this project, this property, sorry, like on the sale before our sale. So he knew about it and he knew that they were going to actually lease it out, the guy who bought it previous to us. So we originally were going to do a lease and, um, but like literally a week before COVID started, we signed a lease. (laughs) So that was not the best time. (laughs) So we kind of had a backtrack. 2008 and COVID. And COVID, yeah. You put your push in. Go figure. Um, so we had kind of all had to take a pause uh, on what was going on, which a lot of people had to because COVID. Mm-hmm. So we weren't really sure what direction we were going to go. Um, but in negotiating with the original owner and kind of going back and forth for about, I don't know, seven months or something, six, maybe six months. Um, we all decided the best option would be for us to buy the space. And at the end of the day, it was the best option because the banks 
uh, told us after the fact they never would have loaned us the money if it was a lease because wow. of COVID. Wow. Even though we had, you know, plenty of history and all that. So that was kind of, you know, a relief in a way where, okay, I'm glad we went down that road then, even though it was a lot more than we were, you know, thinking we were going to spend or do, but, um, but at the end of the day, I think, again, going back to it's better to kind of have an ownership um, in the space than a lease. And then, you know, you're kind of your own boss in that regard. So. Yeah, that makes sense. And one thing that I'm definitely taking from this uh, podcast is relationships are super key. They're key to everything in life, honestly. And it definitely mm-hmm. seems like key to when opening a business as well, because it seems like the people that you know and continue to work with have been super helpful. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I've actually used the same architect on all four projects. Wow, that's so, really cool. Yeah, so we have a great relationship. He brought in our contractor for West Street. He recommended him and he was great. I couldn't have no complaints there. Um, so yeah, it's all... Again, like you said, relationships. If I didn't have the relationship with my architect, I would have never met the contractor. And he's probably one of the best I've worked with. So, Now, for somebody that doesn't know somebody who's got a pocket of money, do you have any advice for someone who's looking for an investor to help open a business? So um, I would say if you're looking for an investor, like really, really have a solid financial business plan. And they're boring and they're big and they take a long time to do, but sit down and do it because you really need to do it for yourself. Because, and my brother, again, mentioning my brother, he's, he's that guy. Like he always said, he's like, a uh, he doesn't work for the business, but he's like a solid partner. It's not so silent, I guess. But um, he's always been, uh, we need to build out a 20 year business plan. Um, and that sounds crazy, but I, we're actually, our first five years, I think it was almost to the dime, mm-hmm. what we planned. Um, so do the business plan, put in realistic numbers. So like, for example, if you're opening up a doggy daycare, you could say, all right, I'm going to open up this daycare and let's and lowball yourself, you know, say, okay, I have room for hundred dogs to come in. Let's say it's COVID. I don't know. Uh, let's say I, I don't get off my feet for a while. People don't know I'm there, whatever. Uh, I only get 20 dogs in a day for the first year. Um, what, what kind of money am I going to make doing that? You have to plan out what you're going to pay your employees. It's all kind of like, you just have to figure it all out as if you're doing it. Um, your big expense, your biggest expense of pet care is employees. You know, what percentage you figure out what percentage you think you'll spend on your employees. So the, the kind of going percentage in pet care is about 40 to 50%. So let's say 45%. So you take 45% of your income and you know, that's not going to be profit, obviously. So then what is your, if you're going to lease, how much, how much can you afford to spend on a lease? let's say, all right, my first year won't be that great, but my second year will be. And, you know, it takes everybody a couple of years to really get on their feet and everything. Um, How much extra money are you going to need to keep your business open? So plan to have the extra money. Don't just wing it. (laughs) Because I think that's why people do go out of business because they think they're going to make all this money up front. Um, and then they have nothing in the reserves. Mm. Um, and that's when you get in trouble because at the end of the day, if you can't pay your employees, then 
um, you're, you're done, you know, <laughs> they'll just walk out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've always, that's, it, it's sweet pause. The first couple of years were, were not easy financially. Um, and, you know, I didn't pay myself for about eight months. So I had enough money in my savings to not pay myself for eight months. So that was a personal choice. Um, but I'm glad I did it because, you know, it was either me or them. It was either me or the employees. So when you have to do that, you have to pick the employees. Right. And um, you said the but, employee, I was going to say, you said the employees are your biggest expense, right? Mm-hmm. So what's You're your next your loan, biggest? Yeah, your loan, your lease or your loan. And your employees are going to be your biggest expenses going into anything. Um, if you're doing a bar, like, you know, you have a big expense of buying the alcohol. Uh, that's pretty big expense. Um, so you have to prep for that. Um, and do your fate, you know, with a bar. Okay. If we sell a beer for $5, how much did it cost us to get that beer into that person's hand? Or you're thinking about not just the beer, How about the lime that they're asking to put on the side of the beer, the cup itself, the straws, the napkins, the whatever, all of those little things add up. So, um, you know, I think if you can just get a realistic snapshot for yourself of what your expenses are going to be and what your income might be, and then put it all together and you might be able to decide, okay, I have $4,000 a month to pay for a lease. Um, and then if, once you know that number, you can go around and go, okay, real estate people, show me something that costs more than a month, you know? So then you kind of have to just see what's out there and you can do like a, a rough numbers, you know, for whatever business it is. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but it's all, all things you have to think about and just really get it in your head. And like I was saying, uh, you know, we, we went out 20 years on our, our first, uh, Actually, we went out 20 years on West Street, too. So, wow. um, but, you know, you kind of forget about it after, you know, six years. You don't really go back and check anymore. But that's the hope, you know, like, oh, well, oh, where did that old business plan go? I wonder if it's still accurate. You know, so, but the bank, go ahead, the banks love that, by the way. Um, they love that there's a lot of prep and um, and just like you're think, trying to think about all the scopes of the financial part of it and not just, um, oh, I love dogs, you know? So, um, so I love dogs, but this is how I'm going to keep this place open. So I'm going to call my loan, love dogs. So. This is really good information. I have a few questions um, based on that. But one question I have, I've never asked a bar owner this is, are you making like bank off of alcohol? Because like, I'm just thinking of, when I go to like a baseball game and a beer is like $10 for a freaking can, it's like, are you kidding me? They must be making so much money. Like, is that true? Like, where do you come up with the prices? Well, not yet. Maybe one day. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true yet. I would say I'm not making any money off alcohol right now, but it's only been five weeks. So, but, um, so one thing about North Carolina is, um, which I did not know this until, uh, I started uh, construction on this place. Um, North, I don't want to say anything bad, but uh, North Carolina laws are a little wonky about alcohol. So 
if you hold an ABC license, you have to buy the liquor from the wholesalers, right? Hmm. So you have to buy all, well, you have to buy the liquor from the ABC board specifically, the commission. Um, if you buy a keg of beer, you have to buy it wholesale from like Linwood Brewing let's say. Or, or these uh, distributors, I should say distributors. With for liquor itself, they actually, we pay more for a bottle of liquor than you would pay walking into an ABC store and buying it yourself. You can't do that, huh? No, no. No, no you lose your license no. if you do that. So yeah, they actually mark up the sale price um, to the restaurants and bars. So we pay more for that bottle than you would just walking in and buying it. Okay. Didn't know that. Yes. So it's like, I didn't know that either. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What happened to wholesale prices? Like how much, how much of a, how much of a markup is, is it crazy or just um, like, I don't know exactly what it is, but someone told me it was about an extra 25%. Mm. Yeah. So if you buy a $20 bottle or whatever, vodka, we're paying 25% more. Wow, for each okay. of those bottles. Yeah. Um, which was really surprising to me. I'm like, why are they, they're big, why are they charging more for the people who are, you know, buying it at wholesale? Basically? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, you hear different things, but the, the most I heard was, you know, they're just, it's North Carolina. They're going to try to get as much money as they can for taxes and stuff. Um, somebody said, uh, what was it? I didn't read this anywhere. Just somebody said it to me. So I don't know how true it is, but, um, they, they, North Carolina says they're, they have the highest number of sale liquor sales, like two distributors liquor sales, uh, than any other state or something, but the lowest number of items sold so something like that, where it's like, they basically just call themselves out that they charge the most of any state for liquor. That's interesting. <laughs> so yeah, so that's interesting. So, um, you know, people I've talked to said, you know, you wonder why you're paying Los Angeles prices for a vodka drink in this town. It's not because they're trying to price gouge you, it's because they're just trying to make a profit off of it. Hmm. Now I'm wondering, like Yankee Stadium, like, it's just like something that comes to my head. Like, I think it was like $12 for like a beer. Mm-hmm. What about like stadiums and stuff like that? Do oh, you have any idea? <laughs> yeah. So they just jack it up. Where did you get your price from? Well, our price. So like the liquor, the liquor prices are set prices and they have like a whole book of this is the price period. But I think like when we're kind of small potatoes here when it comes to beer, like beer and wine. So uh, we decided to only do North Carolina beers on tap. Okay. So, um, cause just keep it again, local kind of do local breweries and stuff. They, I think we get, I don't know for sure. I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure we get charged more because we're not ordering as much. Okay. So, so like those big stadiums per se, probably get like a pretty good deal on the beer. I don't mm-hmm. think they can get a deal on liquor, but, um, but they probably get a pretty good deal on the beers. So, I, you may have just answered this. I'm trying to understand. So if you sell like um, a red oak, right. Mm-hmm. For $5 for a pint, was that price set for you? Or did you no, set we, on that we, price? We set our own prices. You set your own prices. Okay. So how, how do you, how do you settle on that? 
well, I have I hired on a bar manager. Um, we kind of just decide together. Like he'll throw out a price. Like, okay, what are people paying for beers around here? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I personally like IPAs. So what will I pay for a sixteen ounce IPA? Like, okay. I'll probably pay six seven bucks. I think our most of our IP is like six. Um, but, you know, we are next to Glenwood South. We are downtown. We probably could get away with charging more. But we're just trying to keep it kind of a medium. Because we're new. We want people to come in and enjoy beer and stuff. But we do have like specialty drinks that he made up that are pretty good and pretty popular. And those are 12. <laughs> so what's, what's the best drink? Um, the one, it's, what's uh, the name of it? Uh, Man's best friend, I think, is the most. Popular. There you go. That so makes he sense. Named all these drinks after Pavlov's uh, something. Pavlov's uh, spicy Pavlov's. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, they're pretty popular. They're cute names, and um, Tim's been a bartender for a long time, so he he's got all these ideas and stuff. And, and he gets to be around dogs all day. That's got to be the coolest place dogs, to bartend. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. I. <laughs> Once again, you're making me jealous. I like working with a place with dogs all day. We'll get back to the dogs momentarily, but uh, yeah, that's really good. That's really good to know because you know when you go out and pay these crazy prices for like just a drink, a liquor drink or whatever, it's yeah. like Jesus Christ. You know, they, they just cost me a bunch of money. Well, I guess it's good to know the backstory of like they cost you a lot more money too to get that. So it makes a little yeah. more sense. It makes uh, buying that a little easier, I guess, to, yeah. to understand. Yeah, I was I, I was surprised. As, you know, I've probably learned of this seven months ago and i was like wow really <laughs> wait what i thought i got a discount yeah you <laughs> would like, think no yeah you would think so what made you want to definitely do alcohol with this instead of just dry or coffee or something like that um well i i originally wanted to just do beer and wine and then the more we thought about it um we're like, well, why not do some fun drinks and alcohol? I mean, it's not that much more to do it as far as the pricing with ABC because mm-hmm. you have to pay for your permits and stuff. Um, so ABC does it where it's each uh, each type of alcohol is a different permit. Um, okay, wow. So, um, so we like, let's try it. And the alcohol part's been pretty popular, like the liquor, not alcohol, but the liquor uh, drinks and stuff, so... I would say it's about even with the draft sales, um, the liquor drinks. So, so I think it was worth doing it. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. I go back to what I like it and I would love to sit and have a beer and watch my dog run around. So that's just kind of of what I like. Cause I mean, my husband and kids and I and our dogs, we would just go to a brewery and let the dogs hang out. That's something we enjoy doing. So, um, so yeah, so why not? (laughs) <laughs> pursuing your happiness is exactly why you're on this that that sounds like the life to me honestly i i would love to do that there's a random question this is so random being i'm gonna turn 39 here in a week i haven't had to use a fake id in years and years are fake ids still a thing um i'm sure they are that um our abc uh rep uh, officer guy he's actually extremely nice um, he came in and uh, was talking to us when we first got the license and uh, he was kind of going over the IDs and everything. And I, he goes, well, you know, the fake IDs are so good now. It's like, you know how like you can walk into some of these Glenwood bars and they have like a swiper. Yeah. Um, he said, they're so good. Like the swiper doesn't even catch that they're fake. 
And wow. I said, well, what happens to us then if we serve someone who has like a really good fake ID? Like, how am I responsible for that? You know? And he was like, oh, you won't be. I mean, if it's that good, like, they yeah. were kind of like, uh, okay, we get it. We get that it was that good. But he's like, but you better, you know, don't be serving some five foot girl who says she's six two on her license. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so he was kind of giving us pointers and on you know what to look for and we have to take a test in order to get the license so the abc license it it's a it's not that hard but it's just like goes over all of that stuff like what's acceptable what's not yeah so okay. i mean i would say our clientele here it's i honestly haven't seen anyone that looks that young coming in the office bar area so you know i would say most of our clientele are probably like our age <laughs> just <laughs> curious yeah Something that came to my mind. Um, so back kind of to the business real quick is, do you have like a tip or any advice, like purely of like how to become profitable? Like what are the good things to spend your money on? And maybe what are the few things that you just don't, it's just a waste of time, not worth it? Hmm, good question. I would say, so when you do a business plan, you definitely want to put in like your advertising budget. I would say definitely have a budget, but you don't have to follow it to a T. Like for example, West Street, I've paid almost nothing for advertising right now because it has a lot of people talking and in social media is a great way to advertise and that's free. Um, if you can um, if you figure out how to advertise without spending a ton of money, that's always a good idea. I think um and that'll save you enough money where you can turn a profit. Um, in the, in our first, in the 2008 uh, business, we, again, being green back then, we spent way too much money up front on advertising. And I'm not saying it didn't do us, it didn't help, but I don't think the dollars spent really much what we got back out of it. Um, at the end of the day for our business, word of mouth is the best advertising we could do. And with that comes profit. Because if if you if you if you're committed to what you're doing, and this is for any business, if you're pat like you're saying you're passionate, like it's great to be passionate about something, right? So if you're passionate about it and you care about the customer experience, um it's you're gonna profit. I mean, you just are. Um, the, people know that you care, um, and and they'll come back for that. Um, you'll get businesses where you walk in and maybe it's great. They're like, well, they're, the owners live in like Alaska or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I've always tried to run all my businesses that way, where I'm there, I'm present, they know my face. Um, you know, I've gone to funerals with some of these people. You know, I just. Mm-hmm. I think it's important, like going back to relationships are important Um, and it really does help you um, be successful. So um, that uh, obviously watch payroll (laughs) down to the financial stuff. (laughs) Payroll is so important Um, and trying not to, you're going to spend a lot of money training people um, so when you do hire people and I, you know, this is a hard one because especially in the rest, I'm combining two industries where the, tu- the turnover is high. So, 
Um, but you do your best, try not to have a ton of turnover, or if you, you know, when you're in your training period, try to nip it in the bud right away. If they're not going to work out, like don't prolong it. Cause you will spend a lot of money training people, um, that don't work out. So mm. that's, that's a way to kind of not spend money that you don't need to spend. Um, so try to keep your advertising down if you can really manage payroll that's important have relationships with your customers and their experience um you know try to find good managers i mean all those things and combined kind of just um you know make people want to come back and that's what it's really about right (laughs) yeah no that's really good input is there something that you found through your whole process that is worth spending the extra money on to you? Uh, so I would say uh, if you find good managers, pay them. <laughs> That's worth spending the other the extra money. Um, even if you don't think you can afford it, just try to. Um, and you can even work it out. Like, look, you know, obviously we're new. You know, I'm going to try to pay you this because I think you're going to do a good job. Um, you know, we'll see where it goes. But um Spending extra money, I don't know. Like when I think of big price items, I have to spend money on. It's usually because we have to repairs and stuff like that. So I guess it's upkeep of the space and the building, and try not not to let like you know things fall apart and not spend money on repairing it because repairs are a big expense. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm just trying to kind of relate it to almost like buying a house. Like there's just some things you just don't want to cheap out on. There's some things it's like, right. eh, I can fix that. I can paint the walls, but do not cheap right. out on, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm just curious to know your input on um, that. Don't cheap out on your contractor. <laughs> I'm picking a contractor. My con- Actually, the contractor we hired, not going to remember, he said to me before I hired him, he said, tell me what's most, the two most important things out of these three things to you and he said price uh schedule and um quality and i said uh quality and schedule and he's like what about price i was like well i know your price (laughs) 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 but i'm like no price i'm not going to pick the cheapest price um i want the quality so yeah so it's important for sure. Yeah. Cause yes. you know, if it's not there, that's one thing to start falling apart and you're paying for it anyway. Exactly. Pay for it up front, get better quality up front. And sometimes you pay for what you get. And that, uh, exactly. that could yeah. be a big problem down the road. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I think like, as far as the bar, just specifically, like we definitely didn't want to skimp on like the bar top. We didn't want to skimp, skimp on the tiles. We didn't want to skimp on the floor. You know, like we, just like what the customer is experiencing. We definitely didn't want to, you know, go cheap. For sure. And now, you know, as, as people kind of go through this whole process that you've kind of taken us through branding comes into play at some point, how did that go for you? So branding, um, actually one of our other partners. So on, on West street, we have, there's five of, wait, yeah, five of us. Um, so one of the other partners, uh, Ben, he is really into all the branding and all that kind of stuff. So I've, I've done some branding with Sweet Paws. Um, I had some uh, guy help us uh, with getting all, that all together. Um, 
I definitely think it's important. Uh, we're still in the beginning stages of it right now. Um, so we're hopefully gonna be creating, you know, clothing we can sell, all that kind of stuff. The, the social media bit is, has been working pretty well for us. Um, but yeah, that is all still kind of in the works because we're still trying to get it all together. But um, it's definitely at the forefront of our mind. How did you go through like the logo process and choosing your logo? Um, so Ben, again, he has a friend, he's from Durham. Um, he has a friend out in Durham that is an artist and he does the graphic work and stuff. So he actually kind of told him what we were looking for and he developed it for us. He gave us a couple versions and um, as a group, we all decided which one we liked the best. So, um, so we just basically hired someone to do that for us. And, um, and then that same guy ended up coming and doing our mural on our wall for us. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So kind of a, we had two for one there, not price wise, but <laughs> <laughs> same person. <laughs> now to me, that almost falls in line with you pay for what you get sometimes and you just pay more upfront for something good. Um, mm -hmm. being a designer and someone who does branding, um, honestly, I feel like it's super important because it is the face of your company. And if you do it once, you do it right. It lasts a long time. The last right. thing you want to do is pay for kind of a cruddy logo and you hate it in a year or two and you have to switch it up again, which right. changes yeah, everything because you literally have to physically change everything. And everyone's everything. like confused and what is going on here? Is this the same company? You got brand confusion and that's terrible. You don't want right. that. So right. Yeah. Paying for uh, a branding and a look and a feel up front can definitely, definitely be worth it. And then you just don't have to pay for it again. Right. Yeah. Do you yeah have and and uh, we knew uh, Ben it was friends with this guy too, and, and he had done um, some work on other projects with Ben. So we kind of already knew, uh, you know, he would come up with something good that we liked. That's awesome. Yeah. Having people you trust and all about the relationships all <laughs> comes back to relationships. Every single answer you have comes back to relationships. This is, <laughs> this is so true. It's so true for life, just life in general. True. Yeah. Very true. And do you have any um, tips on far as like social media goes? I know you said you got lucky. I don't want to say lucky, but you did get picked up by word of mouth rather quickly. Right. Um, any tips as far as like getting picked up like that or social media? Oh gosh, I this is not my area of expertise. No, I, know. <laughs> I, I, I don't expect no. you to be an expert in everything, um, but I'm going to ask have, while you're here. I'm not good at social media, but um, but again, I hired someone to do it. So I actually my my brother again, his daughter um, is our social media person. So um, she uh, just graduated from Duke, and she was helping us out. And I said, hey, you want to you want to try this? Like, we need to kind of get it going. And, so she did it and she's done a really good job. Uh, it, it's a full-time job almost in the beginning um, because I, I couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up with the people messaging and stuff like that. Um, I just didn't have time to do it. So she stepped in and did it and she did a, a fantastic job. So she's going to keep, she actually just moved to Atlanta like a week ago. So she's going to keep up with it a little bit, but then we'll have to, our employees here will step in and keep it up uh, going forward. But I, yeah, I, I guess hiring someone <laughs> who knows what they're doing. No, and, that's, uh, that's advice in itself because one thing you brought multiple times is just hire and pay for somebody to do what they're good at that you're mm -hmm. not good at. And that takes mm -hmm. care of problems in itself. I love it. That's something I've learned. The older I've got, 
fortunately, the more money I've gotten throughout my life, it's more as like, I'll, you know, I'll save my time here. I'm not good mm-hmm. at this. That's a weakness of mine. I'll let someone else take care of it. Who Like I'll let my taxes. So like, oh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not touching my taxes. I'll pay yeah. for someone to do it. They'll do it better than me. I don't have to worry and stress about it. It's just worth it. You know, just pay right. for it. Exactly. So we'll get, before we wrap up, we'll get back to the really, really, really good part of this whole entire podcast, which is the dogs. Mm-hmm. What is, would you say is like the biggest pros and perhaps maybe some of the biggest obstacles with working with dogs every day? Um, Cause you know, there's obstacles. I, I have a well, few dogs in my house. There that are a lot of obstacles. Know, yeah. You know it. Um, I would say, I mean, when you're working in like a daycare boarding that part of the business. Um, I don't know, like there, I hate to say it, but sometimes the customers are the biggest obstacles. Mm. Um, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think some people, uh, not a lot, but some, uh, they don't think of their dogs as dogs. They think of them as humans, (laughs) which I know that's, you know, that's, a lot of people think that way now. Um, but you know, when we try to, I know, like, I know dog behavior, I know dog behavior backwards, forward. That's great. You know? Um, so I think that when I try to explain things to people as dog behavior, um, they still want to relate it to human behavior Hmm. and it's complete off. They're two very, very different things. So, um, so that can be an obstacle for me because I want them to understand their dog and they want, and they want to put human emotions on their dog. Um, and again, not everybody, just some, so that, that can be, that can be an obstacle. Um, it can be frustrating, but, um, but you know, at the end of the day, I love dogs and that's what we're all here for. We love them, but I, I feel like I have a better understanding, um, just of what they might be thinking or, or behave it's the behavior you know so um so then i want people to take my advice sometimes um in okay why don't you do x y or z to help your dog and whatever issue it is you're having um but they still want to they still want to revert back to thinking that they're humans yeah i i feel like people listening to this podcast will really appreciate that the whole dog aspect of your business is actually because you really love and understand dogs, not just because, just because, or it's just an attraction to get more people and more money. It's your genuine passion and knowledge of them, which I think is absolutely wonderful to, so to know the owner of a dog bar is super into dogs and knows dog behavior. That like kind of puts me at ease a little bit because I'm imagining like if I go to the dog bar, I'm slightly nervous. There's going to be like aggressive or mean dogs. Right. Like what happens in that situation? Well, so far we've had, um, I want to say uh, I've probably had to ask personally, maybe three people to step out to go. Um, and I, most of them get it. They get, you know, the, the few that don't, they kind of half off. You know, I don't, they don't really understand. Uh, I think it's, and that kind of goes down back to the behavior comment where um, they see their dog acting one way, we see their dog acting another way. And, and at the end of the day, I try to explain to people, you aren't a reflection of, of your dog behavior, like they're dogs. So they might not act like this at another place, but they're acting like this right now in this place. 
So we have to deal with the right now. And that's how dogs live. That's how they think. They only live in the present. That's it. They, they don't think about the past. They don't think about the future. They think about the present. So all they're doing is reacting to what's in front of them at that moment. So, so that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like I try to explain it, um, but they, you know, some people they don't hear it. You know, you're just telling me my dog's bad. No, I don't think any dog is bad, quite frankly. None. I don't think one dog on the face of this earth is bad. Um, I think that they react in different situations and they might react aggressively. They might react fearful um, or, or whatever, or too dominant in their play. Um, doesn't mean I don't like your dog. It just means this is not a good space for that dog right now. Right. So I try to explain it that way. I think most people get it, but you still get a couple who don't. So they get all angry. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, you can relate to going to a dog park, you know, there's some owners that bring their aggressive dog and it's just like, that's just my one biggest fear, I guess, is kind of bringing my dogs to a dog park and they just want to play yeah. and there's just some nasty dogs. It's just like, it leads to confrontations or it's like, that's the one part I want to want to deal with, you know? Right. And that's what we, we are hopefully going to avoid at our place um, for, for good, you know, and that's why there's the membership and we need to see them and meet them and kind of evaluate them. Um, and we tell everyone who comes in as a member, uh, if they're acting up, don't get mad when we tell you they gotta go, go out. So, um, you know, and I would think 98% of the people are totally on board with that. Um, they get it, they appreciate it. Um, you know, sometimes I have to be the bad guy, but, <laughs> but it's part of it. And I, and I think at the end of the day, everybody understands. Um, but, and you say, you know, going to a dog park is a perfect example. Um, you could have 20 dogs running around having a great time. Everybody's relaxed and one dog comes in and maybe he's not aggressive, but maybe he's just too much. Like he's overly playing, uh, we call it muzzle punching the other dogs. Like they kind of pop them in the mouth to get them to play. Well, maybe those dogs don't like it. So then the whole group of dogs at the mood goes sour mm -hmm. and it's just turn, can turn chaotic and that's the kind of stuff that if we see that dynamic change uh if somebody comes in the park like that and i just say that to someone a week or so ago you know your dog's not a bad dog he's very friendly um he's very uh he has a lot of energy he's really friendly i was like this just is not the right space for him right now because the whole mood changed when he came in and started running around. And I'm like, it's not a fault of his. This is just not the right place for him. Mm. And, and they didn't love that I said that, but, uh, but the minute he left, everybody calmed down and started playing really nicely with, uh, together. So. Yeah, maybe that client didn't love that, but your other clients probably really love that. Yeah, that, yeah, you're gonna look out for them and their dogs, and when they go get a drink, they don't have to be, you know, eyes on right. the entire right. time. That can be exhausting, you know, just keeping an eye on everything. So, mm -hmm. knowing they're in good hands, is there a limit as far as like how many dogs you allow at once? Yeah, there's gonna be a limit. I don't know what the limit is yet. Um, there was one day it was getting uh, probably to the limit. And what I did was I just had one in, one out because our front, our front bar, you can hang out on leash. So we just asked people to hang out in the front for a minute until someone left. And I don't think anyone waited for more than five minutes and they can still get their drink up there and hang out. And, and it worked out fine. 
That's awesome. So if I come, let's just go over this one more time. If I'm coming this Saturday, we'll just pick a random day. I want to come and get a drink with my dog. I can just walk in, right? I don't need a membership to do that part of it. Correct. You can just walk in and you can hang out in the front leash part of the bar. Uh, We even have like uh, leash hooks all over the place and stuff like that. So you don't have to like tie it to a chair or anything. Um, uh, So you can do that at the front. If you want to go to the back part of the bar, which is the unleashed area, um, that's when the membership rules kick in. Okay. That's really good to know. You can bring your dog either way and you'll Mm -hmm. definitely see me there. Um, so what can we expect from West street dog bar in the near future? Oh, I don't know. Well, so hopefully, uh, I've been talking to a lot of people who've been reaching out. We're going to, I want, once we kind of get everything going and fully open, um, I want to start doing events. So I think that'd be fun. Um, you know, that's where the fun stuff happens. I think in my mind, like once I can get to that point, (laughs) um, you know, with rescues for sure, or doing, um, you know, fundraisers. Um, uh, there's somebody reached out, they want to do like a Barktoberfest event in October. Um, there's a, a lot of these apartments want to start having like happy hours with us. So a lot of people have reached out and I think it's fun. We've done a couple of little ones, but um, I've really enjoyed it so far. And I get to meet all the people that live around here too. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm smiling because that brings a smile to my face. Like that sounds like so fun. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you can do stuff based all around like the dog stuff. There was just like national dog day and whatnot, but you can also do stuff for like, for like singles that want to come and bring their dog and meet other singles and see how their dogs interact. And it's, uh, what's, what's great about having animals. It's an icebreaker for people to just start (laughs) talking immediately. So you can do stuff based around the animals or the people joining. So that would be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. It's definitely a a good place to chat people up. (laughs) I I love it. Yeah. It really is. Honestly, it's the best icebreaker is when your dog walks up to you, you're like, Oh, what's your name? Here we go. (laughs) I'm in the conversation. (laughs) I love it. And, uh, so before we wrap this up, I would love you to have the opportunity to pub your social media and your website where we can find you online. Oh, sure. So website is weststreetdog.com. And um, the social media is at West Street Talks. So that's pretty easy. Oh, that's um, the, the website street is spelled out. So. Street spelled out. Awesome. Laura, this has been a blast. I love learning all these different aspects of not just you, but your business and the dogs and the alcohol and how you mix it all together and to make <laughs> it one really cool, fun, enjoyable place. I'm sure people learned a lot from this podcast because you did have a lot of advice for people looking to start a business. And uh, I think that's absolutely wonderful. And it's even better that dogs are involved because dogs <laughs> just make the world a better place. I'm glad you know they that. They do do that. They do. We used to say, uh, no matter how bad of a day you're having, you can always go sit with a dog and make it better. That's very true. You know, you have a bad day at work and you walk in the door and your dog's there to always smile and greet you. And yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're the best, honestly, they're, they're the best. I love dogs. And it's definitely a, a key to me wanting to speak with you today is you, you created mm-hmm. a business based around dogs and drinks and good times. Like, hell yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. We, we need more of that. So congratulations, honestly, on opening your business. Um, I think that's wonderful. Best of luck to you. I will certainly try to get down there as soon as I possibly can, um, which, which may be sooner than later having Huskies, you gotta be careful bringing them out in the heat. So now it's getting, Oh, true. Yeah. 
that's getting cooled down a little bit. Oh, hopefully yeah. I'll see you in, in the next few weeks. And uh, I'll probably be there. <laughs> wonderful. This has been a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me on. It's been fun. Absolutely. Well, everyone go check it out. It's going to be a great time. And if you're looking to start a business, this was also a great podcast. So thank you very much, Laura. Thank you so much once again to Laura Mantel for that awesome podcast. Such great information, great advice tips and tricks when starting a business. There is just so much to consider and I'm very appreciative that Laura shared her insight on all of that. And thank you once again for listening to this episode of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. As I mentioned before, please leave me a rating and a review. It means so much to me. I really appreciate it. And give me a follow and subscribe and you will be notified when all future episodes are released. So thanks once again, and I'll catch you next time on the Pursuit of Happiness podcast.